have some movies you'd like us to review? Tell us! Send us an email at driveinmovieshr at gmail.com. Or slide into our DMs on Instagram and Twitter at drivemoviespod or on Facebook at Hogan and Rudy. Let us know what to watch next. And now, on with the show. Are you listening closely? Prepare for a magical episode of Drive-In Movies with Hogan and Rudy. This week, exploring two movies about magicians and the difference between magic, science, and just illusions. Uh, This week we have The Prestige going up against The Illusionist. Two very similar movies that came out at the almost exact same time. Um, I guess Hollywood was just just really had a thing for magicians that year. They're like, just keep keep cranking them out. This is this is what the people want. This is what the people need. But uh, let's let's get into these movies here. So first up, we have the Prestige from what year? Uh, I think it's two thousand five. Close. 2006. Oh. Directed by Christopher Nolan. Starring Christian Bale, Hugh Jackman, Scarlett Johansson, and Michael Caine. (laughs) With a special (laughs) guest appearance. I guess it's not really a guest appearance because you're in the movie. You can't really be a guest of a movie, can you? Sure. By David Bowie, who uh, (laughs) shows up as, as Nikola Tesla. Um, going up against The Illusionist from what year? 2006. Yes. Same year. Same I year. I didn't even realize. Same wow. year as The Prestige. I think The Illusionist came out before The Prestige. I think it came out like like a couple months before The Prestige. <laughs> Jeez. Directed by Neil Berger, starring Edward Norton, Jessica Biel, Paul Giamatti, and Rufus Sewell. I'm actually really excited to talk about these movies because... Yeah, me too. Much like the Jurassic Park Jaws episode, I think this is the first time in a while I had a lot of fun watching both the movies and dissecting them and really breaking them down. But I will turn it over to you now to give the the overview of them. Yeah, we'll start with The Prestige, which is about two rival magicians... In the late 1800s uh, that are battling for the ultimate trick. Uh, But certain accidents happen along the way as they're battling for this this top trick. Um, And then you have The Illusionist, which takes place in the early 1900s, which is about an illusionist (laughs) who uh, is trying to secure the love of a woman by using his abilities. And I'll leave it at that. Hmm. Doesn't it just make you want to watch these two movies? Yeah, I'll watch them again right now. Let's <laughs> do it. Uh, I definitely have very strong feelings on these movies, and I think it'll come through in, in the different categories. But let's kick it off with writing, and I'll I'll throw it over to you to start. What did you think of the writing in The Prestige, and then what did you think of the writing in The Illusionist? Yeah, 
I will start with the prestige. So in the, I, I will say right off the bat, it's a bit confusing mm-hmm. because there's so many different timelines going on. And I, I was like, I have no idea where I'm at right now. Like what, what point in the story are, are they throwing us into? And really it's like three different points that they're throwing you into. Mm-hmm. And they do that every so often where it's at different, different timelines. Mm-hmm. Um, but you start to get the hang of it where it's at in the story and mm-hmm. you're so involved in it now you're like oh yeah i i need to see what's happening uh, the writing's great I, I never knew what was happening uh it always kept me on the edge of my seat yeah nice what yeah. about the illusionist yeah the illusionist um this one's i think a bit more predictable but i still really enjoyed it and you think it's gonna go one way but there is some twists, but it's not as throwing you off as much as the prestige. Mm-hmm. But I really like the writing in The Illusionist as well. Yeah, I think uh, for me, The Illusionist is like the appetizer. Oh, yeah. And The Prestige is like that, <laughs> that main full course. main course <laughs> where The Prestige is definitely a heavier film. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's one where if you're not watching closely, you will miss things and it will get a little confusing. And and I think even if you're paying attention and it's your first time watching the film, you may miss some things along the way. But I think the beauty in the writing of The Prestige is that uh, the writing is just so good leading up to (laughs) the end because... Much like the two characters that it's showing you in Hugh Jackman's character and Christian Bale's character, um, they are both obsessed with, you know, being the best and and having that new trick that's just going to blow people's minds. And you have, they, they mention it multiple times in the writing through these characters, you have these two guys who are willing to make sacrifices, push themselves to the limit, and you know, really suffer for their art of, of this work. And I think the movie is also reflective of that. Like Christopher Nolan and writing this film is also kind of pushing it to the limits to get to where that movie ends up at the end. And while it is a little bit more confusing and a little heavier to understand while you're watching it, it's one of those movies where once you know what happens at the end, and once you have all the pieces together, you want to rewatch it again because you want to see how they all fit. And boy, when you watch <laughs> it on that rewatch, it just enhances the movie that much further. Because now that you know all the pieces and where they lie and you kind of have an idea of how the timeline works, watching it, knowing the answers, in a lot of movies when you rewatch a movie that kind of has mystery to it or... Um, a sense of, you know, twists ending. I don't know if it's, it's sort of a twist. I don't know if it's really a twist twist because it doesn't like, it doesn't take the story in a, like a different direction like a twist usually does. It's just, it's like the answer to the mystery that's been building all along. Um, and a lot of times in movies when you get that answer and you rewatch the movie, you're like, I mean, I already know, I already know the big shock at the end i I already know how this movie's gonna go so the rest of the mystery and build-up isn't as good because you're like oh well i already know i already know the end so i already know the answer 
like the the question doesn't intrigue me anymore. Yeah. But that is not what happens <laughs> with this movie because you have all the pieces and then watching it, you just appreciate the writing more because there's so many parts in that writing where they're giving you they're giving you the answer. They're giving you the clues. They're 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 not building everything to the end. The end is just uh, a bigger unveiling of what you already know throughout the rest of the film. Yeah. Which is what I like in like a twist sort of ending. The the movie's not there only to service or the movie's not there as a vehicle to get to the end. The movie itself is its own story with the end making it that much better, you know? Yeah. For um, sure. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but in <laughs> yeah, my head it does. Uh, and and just rewatching this movie, and I've probably seen it, you know, five or six times at this point. And every time I watch it, just the things that it, they point out in the story, the way that these characters act, and how they are so true to their character the entire way through the film, and the little nuances that their character does the way that they think the way that they act the way that their um kind of body motions happen i mean there's there's one part where someone hurts his leg and you know part of the movie in the beginning you see this person limping you don't know why you don't even realize he's limping right and you know it, it 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 shuffles back between those different timelines and then oh you see him hurt his leg in the in later on in the film and then he's limping from that point over and then it connects to what you saw in like the beginning and everything just fits nicely. And there's just so much attention to detail and everything is placed so perfectly that once you get to that end, at least for me, I want to rewatch it again to see what else can I pick up in the story that they added to it. Because, I mean, every time you watch it, you find something new and it just makes the story that much more solid and much more brilliant because you don't realize how much thought and effort they actually put into every piece and part of this movie until you watch it over and over again and pick up all those extra fine tunings. Yeah, it's that back and forth between Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. And you're like, just give me more. And I, the, the tension's just, building. And oh, even, yeah. even when you know how everything ends and you rewatch that movie, it's still tense. Like, it's oh, still... Yeah. It, it gets pretty intense in some moments and... The lengths that they go to to one up each other, it's they, crazy. Yeah, they get they get hairy, <laughs> and I think they both they both do great at enhancing that feeling of obsession and never wanting to be satisfied with you know where they're at. They always want to go one step ahead. They always want to be better, and they're always trying to outdo each other. And I I think the story really helps those characters present that type of emotion and everything like that yeah absolutely and then you have the, the illusionist um like i said in uh, at the beginning of this is is the appetizer it's a solid movie um like you said it's a little bit more predictable i think this movie is kind of what i said that most movies do in that type of scenario where the movie is kind of a vehicle to get to whatever end point they have right um so what happens in the movie there's a lot of questions that i have and the big questions that i have i feel like don't get answered 
some things get answered. I mean, the main story, I guess, sort of gets answered at the end. Um, but then there's things that happen throughout the movie that are leading up to this end that I feel like they don't explain. And you could say it's about a magician and a magician never reveals his secrets. So, you know, that could be the point of the movie as well. So there's that. Um, you could say that it really was magic. And, you know, the things that he were, was doing in the movie was actually, you know, magic. And he actually had true skill in in those illusions that he did. Sure. Um, and then the third option you could say is that it was just kind of bad writing. And, I mean, for me, specifically in those scenarios, I think that they knew where they wanted to go with the story. And they did things that were cool to get there. But in the grand scheme of things, having watched both these movies back to back, one, you get all sorts of hints. And at the end, everything makes sense. In this one, you also kind of get hints here and there. But at the end, I feel like I didn't have as much of a satisfying feeling at the end of it. Like I didn't feel, I didn't feel as complete after I watched the illusionist as I did with the prestige, the prestige. I felt like I, I understood the whole package. There were things that I could go back and pick up as I watched it again and again, but the illusionist is a movie I've also seen a couple times and I don't get anything new when I rewatch it. Like there's nothing that I missed and yet there's still questions that I have at the end of it. Yeah. So. I almost wish I didn't watch them back to back. Yeah. And I watched the prestige first. Mm -hmm. So that was a mistake. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't get that. I, I definitely agree. It's uh, you don't get that closure that you mm -hmm. need yeah. with the story. Yeah, agreed. So I give my point to the prestige. And I will as well. Look at this. Uh, let's move into characters. What did you think of the characters? Oh, man. The prestige characters. So Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman are the two magicians uh, that are, are dueling. Michael Caine is kind of like the background guy. And then Scarlett Johansson ends up coming in and working for Hugh Jackman and then... She ends up doing other stuff too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they, they're they acting, especially Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman. Oh, fantastic. And Michael Caine is just a given. He's brilliant in anything he does. Insanely good. Them. Insanely good. Of them. Perfect. I may not like their characters in the movie, but mm -hmm. they did them so well. Like, I, I wasn't rooting for anybody because they may not be the best people. Their intentions aren't great on why they're doing the things yeah. they're doing. It's more for their own self-satisfaction. Oh, yeah. But they definitely acting, use ugh. people to achieve their goals. Yeah. And, and they throw those hints out, like you said in the writing. That's, that's part of the sacrifice is, you know, they sacrifice to get what they want, and they show that in the movie. And these characters, like I said, they, they're solid characters from beginning to end. They don't, they don't waver on on who they are or what they want, which is which is cool to see. Yeah. Then you have David Bowie who just comes in with <laughs> Tesla. Just I was like, what? What is he, this? He was fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then you have the illusionist characters. Edward Norton, who plays the illusionist. I think he did a good job. Eisenheim. But, Eisenheim. But after what after watching the prestige, you're like, 
he did good. Like, I enjoyed watching it, but it was nothing like watching the two magicians in, in The Prestige. Jessica Biel is the love interest of, of Edward the Illusionist. And then you have Paul Giamatti in there. When he showed up, right, I, I didn't look at who was in this before I started watching. <laughs> and then, like, a few minutes in, you see him in the stage. I was like, what the heck? Big Fat Liar. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Why isn't he blue? Movie? Yeah. <laughs> Paul Giamatti should just be blue in every movie he's in. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't think nothing stood out to me as special as the way they they did things. Yeah. It seemed like a it's a solid movie. The characters are are there. They move it along. They're on that bus going to the end. But they don't enhance the movie at all. Mm-hmm. Not like not like the prestige. I also like, I like Edward Norton, but he's kind of an overactor. Like I feel like at times, <laughs> I feel like at times, in some of those like line deliveries, and like facial expressions he does, and like the hand motions, hand motions, and just the way, <laughs> just the way he presents his character. And I also don't know if they were trying to do an accent half the time. Like it seemed yeah, like they, it seemed like they were maybe trying to do an accent, but then other times you're like, I don't no, I don't think they're, I don't think they're doing an accent, but then they would start talking again. And you're like, uh, uh, are they trying to do one and just not succeeding? Or are they not trying to do an accent and just sounding weird? Like, I, I don't know, <laughs> but I, I agree with you. I think the acting is, is bonkers in, in the prestige. Oh yeah. Mainly because of the way the story works for those characters. I think the writing of those characters is a lot stronger than the illusionist because you don't really know, you don't really know Eisenheim. You don't really know Jessica Biel. Yeah. Paul Giamatti is probably the character you get to experience most of his development sort of, (laughs) which is weird because he's just the police officer. Like I felt like Paul Giamatti was more of a main character than Edward Norton was (laughs) as the illusionist at points. Um, and then you have Ruf- Rufus Sewell, who was the crown prince, who was mm-hmm. just like a stereotypical yeah, evil ruler type character. Uh, he was whatever. So, you, so I think the writing really helped in the character category because the writing is so much deeper in who these characters are. What are their goals and ambitions? What are they doing to get there? And you see every step of the way. And in some cases in the movie characters have uh, specific moods and 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 ways that they act and it's true to who they are through that the film so it's it's i think you definitely see a lot more character development you get to connect with the characters on a deeper emotional level because you're seeing a lot more of their life and what they're going through and the struggles of them trying to get this next trick off the ground and the confrontations that they're encountering with one another, specifically between Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale, but also in their own personal love lives um, with the women that they are involved with. You see confrontation with Michael Caine um, Mm -hmm. as as he kind of butts heads with, with both of them in the movie as well. Just different characters that they bring in. You also see how they interact with them as well. 
And I feel like you don't get any of that meat from the illusionist. It's just, right. it's like, it's almost like a romantic mystery movie. I would yeah. say the illusionist yeah, that is. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's definitely focused on the end point of that film. And what can, what, what cool things can we do to get to this end point? But they don't ever think of how, how should we treat these characters up to this point? What can we give the audience to have them connect with these characters? What can we give them to root for these characters and what they're doing? And I feel like if that was supposed to be a board meeting before that movie to discuss that <laughs> section, it just didn't happen. They all must have slept in late because you don't get that with that one. So my point goes with the prestige. Long-winded answer is the prestige kicks the illusion it's but <laughs> yes i agree the prestige wins for characters for show for show for show uh how about music uh, i i feel like both they were just kind of background mm-hmm. that's what I, I wrote down both background and background in both of my notes because it, most of the time i was so especially in the prestige i was so focused on what was happening that yeah i just didn't my senses weren't on music so they were I, I guess it was there subtle kind of like orchestra yeah i i really don't know which one to give it to you i, I guess the illusionist there was some weird music in there mm-hmm. i don't know i'm trying to think of a specific scene but some of it felt like it it didn't fit Almost like how we went back with the Jaws and the, the happy music when they're fighting it. It's funny because I thought the exact same thing watching the movie. And I actually noticed the music more in The Illusionist. Um, there are certain parts in The Prestige where I notice music, and I like the music when I notice it. But it's very, very scarce that I actually realize that there's music playing, if there's music playing. I'm, you know, half the time, there might not even be music because they're so focused on the dialogue and what these characters are doing. You know, I don't really notice a lot of music in that film. I notice it roughly throughout The Illusionist. And for the most part, it's it's pretty good music and it matches kind of the tone of that movie. And it has sort of a magician, old-timey, kind of circusy type vibe, like a sideshow kind of music. But then there's also parts in it where the music, while still good, doesn't feel like it matches what's going on. Like <laughs> yeah. Jaws. Yeah. Like, sometimes it feels, like, super happy when, like, Paul Giamatti is, like, investigating something. And you're like, this is weird. <laughs> like, it should be, like, like mysterious Just, type yeah. music. Like, he's investigating, like, sus- some sort of, like, suspenseful music. But it's like... it's not bad it doesn't throw the movie (laughs) off but like when you're specifically listening to the music which i'm trying to when like reviewing the podcast like i i try a little harder to listen to the music which is also why like prestige i still didn't hear hear any (laughs) which is tough um but when you're like specifically listening to it i think that's when you catch those like weird things. I feel like if you're just watching the movie, not specifically listening to the music, you might not even notice that happens in it because it's, it's not that weird. Like it's, it doesn't throw it off that much. Yeah. 
But when you're listening to it, you're like, this <laughs> seems odd. For sure. That's why Prestige is getting my point. Okay. Prestige. Because, yes. I will say the main part of the music that I notice is at the very end of the Prestige. When Michael Caine's going through the different phases of a trick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it's like the end, like right up to the end. For sure. And it gives me goosebumps every time because the end paired with that music, paired with like wrapping it back to where the movie starts. Right. Oof. It's <laughs> chills. It's an incredible yeah. ending. But I think for the category of music, I'm going to give my point to the illusionist. Ooh. Just because I noticed it more throughout the movie. I do think it fit its tone. I liked the music. Um, I think it does suffer from some of those weird blips where it doesn't feel like it necessarily works in what they're doing. Sure. But it still it still fits the environment and the aesthetic of the movie. And while I like that part of the prestige, it's like two hours and ten minutes. So it's hard to hard for me to say the music was better in this one minute scene yeah. of the movie. I gotcha. Yeah. I'm not del- downloading any of these songs, though, on my playlist. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> they work for the movie. Yeah. That's if, about it. If you were listening to, like, a curated playlist on Spotify and these would come on, you'd probably be like, no, this is nice. Yeah. But Music no. to study by. Yeah. Don't, don't seek them out. <laughs> don't buy the soundtrack to either of these movies. We don't endorse <laughs> it. What about tech? Oh. So... The Prestige, the first thing, there's so many big containers of water, and that just (laughs) stresses me out every single time. Every, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh. I I don't know why anyone would want to stick themselves locked in. The water escape? Yes. What a terrible, it stresses me out so much. So You you would never be a magician like that? No, forget that. I'll pass. Um, But it did help with the suspense of the movie. the camera shots were nice in the prestige. I enjoyed that. It's a very nice movie to watch. Mm-hmm. It's very smooth. Um, even though it does chop back and forth between timelines, once you get the hang of it, it, it the editing is nice. My beef with the illusionist is that it looks like so I thought it was my screen, but the it's like a circle almost like the camera and it's very orange. Yeah. Like a yellowish tint. I think they were going like, for like an old like 1900s, 1910 kind of silent film type look. It distracted me from, because my, the, I feel like the edges of like a circle, it mm-hmm. was like darker. I was like, is that my, is that my screen or is that, that's the movie. It's neat that they did it that way. I don't think it aged well. I don't think mm. that it. I see. I don't think as our quality of film gets higher and higher and you have Blu-ray and and 4K and all that kind of stuff, I think it makes that movie look very grainy, Um, which it could be what the movie was going for because it is trying to reflect that time period. But it just makes it look kind of cheaply done. For sure. Rather than... 
I think capturing that feel of that time period, it just looks like they made it 15 years ago or so and just use like the cheapest filter that they could (laughs) to make the movie. So I appreciate that they took that risk to do it that way because that is unique and, and a cool idea. I just think it really paid off. The prestige, the cinematography is awesome. It's a very kind of dirty film to look at, but it yeah. works for what's going on and for that time period. And yeah. I and and while it looks dirty, The Illusionist looks clean but cheap. Yeah, and the prestige I know exactly what you're, you're saying. looks yeah. dirty, <laughs> but like a nice dirty. Like it looks like high quality, like it looks expensive and it looks nice, <laughs> but kind of that dirty, gritty feel to it. So sure. um, I actually love the editing. I love the way that it's chopped up the way that it is because I feel like it just enhances the story and it enhances the suspense of getting pieces and fragments at a time and then getting to match them up. It's like putting a puzzle together or like you're actually part of this mystery trying to figure out what's going on as well and part of the movie is Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale both trying to figure out what the other is doing or how they're doing it more so Hugh Jackman with Christian Bale's character he's really trying to figure out you know how is he accomplishing this because I want to do the same thing but I want to do it better but I don't know how he's doing it and I think us as the audience kind of get to feel that too with the way that the movie's edited like ooh, how is he doing this you know right. you, you start you start to become obsessed like Hugh Jackman's character and I think I attribute that to the way that it's that the way that it's broken up the way that they feed you information the way that they present the story one section at a time and you're going back and forth between Hugh Jackman's character and Christian Bale's character I just think it's it's packaged together nicely and it works in them what it's trying to do. I, yep. think, I think it definitely complements it. All tied up with that nice bow at the end. That tasty, tasty bow. <laughs> uh, so I get my point to the prestige. Yes, as do I. So uh, I wonder which movie we enjoyed more. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it's the prestige. It's, Man, that film. Yeah. It's definitely Brilliant. prestige. I could watch oh. it again today. Yeah. And, and probably find new things. I just watched it yesterday and I could watch it again today and pick up 20 new things that I didn't when I watched it yesterday because there's that much detail and that much just goodness of that movie that you can enjoy over and over and over again. Whereas The Illusionist, it's been a while since I've seen it and it's good. I may watch it again. But it'll probably be a while again before my next rewatch. Just because I, again, I don't think if I rewatch it now, knowing again how it ends and, and knowing all the pieces and parts, I don't think watching it again will give me anything new. Sure. And I don't think I'll necessarily enjoy it again because it's not going to give me, it's not going to give me anything new. And while it is an enjoyable film, it's not that enjoyable that I could watch it again right away. Yeah, I agree. I would definitely give both of these a watch, though. 
do that appetizer first, though. Watch The Illusionist, and then yeah. finish that main course. Yeah, definitely. Definitely start with The Illusionist, because you may, you may be disappointed <laughs> if you start with The Prestige and then watch The Illusionist. You may not. Everyone's different, but it's it's definitely hard to go from something that's so good, and then yeah. get something that's not bad. Yeah. It's not sure. it it's not a bad movie. It's not even a mediocre movie. It's above average, but it's a B movie. It's 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 a solid B. Not a B movie like a bad movie, like a, <laughs> like a B letter grade movie. <laughs> yeah, like a like a like it gets a B as a grade. <laughs> Is that what we're watching next a B movie? B oh god no. <laughs> B movie and emoji movie matchup? Oh no. <laughs> watch um b movie doesn't doesn't the girl like fall in love with the bee in that movie and it gets weird and... i think it's the other way i think the bee falls in love with the girl oh that's not as weird i was gonna say we could pair that with howard the duck i don't know if you ever watched that <laughs> no. super weird <laughs> super uncomfortable <laughs> but if anyone has any recommendations on what they would like us to review if it is B movie versus Howard the Duck. If that's what you want, we'll give it to you. Yeah, I'll be uncomfortable the entire time, <laughs> but I'll do it for you. <laughs> if that's what you want. Uh, but no, let us know. Send us an email. Um, follow us on Facebook. Send us a message. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all those good sites, and uh, just let us know. Let us know what you want to see next. Let us know what you want us to do with the show. If you want to see different formats or anything like that. Yeah. We are open to the feedback. Thanks for listening.